you for your goodness and kindness to us. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your church here in Robertson. We pray that we would uh, listen well, we'd put your words into practice, and we would truly understand what it means to love. In Jesus' name, amen. So today we start this, uh, this summer series. Uh, we're calling it... Um, here it is. Oh, that's the wrong one. That's great. There we go. We're calling the summer series Reality TV. Or, and uh, the idea is, I suppose, that we, um, uh, we critique and analyse. That's the idea. And we compare. So I, I hope... Um, well, it's, it's actually been a bit of a, a warm week this week, hasn't it, in Robertson? Uh, fairly, well, fairly sweaty and warm. I'm going to hope we're going to turn up the heat a little bit in here over the next... Four Sundays. Now, obviously, I don't mean turn up at the temperature gauge and so on, but what I do mean is that we turn up the heat when it comes to uh, the culture around us that affects us, that we live in, the world we live in, which is often represented by what we see in our TV screens, so and our Netflix screens and our YouTube screens, if that makes more sense to you. Very few young people watch TV anymore, it turns out. They watch Netflix. That's okay. So our aim is to analyse and critique uh, to compare and contrast 21st century Australian culture with the eternal word of God. That's the idea. It's not a, a, a case of, well, let's just let's bash everything that's wrong with our culture. We're not going to try to do that. We're just going to make some observations and then we're going to see what the word of God says about these particular topics. I'm going to be arguing over the next four weeks that Jesus is better. Jesus is better. And Jesus is worth following. That's what I'm going to be arguing and I hope you uh, join with me on that one. I hope you can make the next four weeks. I hope you can be here. Uh, especially, in, well, all are, all are good. But next week uh, is very much linked into this week. I'll explain a bit more of that in a moment. So I'll also, I'll also be making this point, and I guess in a subtle way, that we mustn't have our heads in the sand when it comes to the culture that we live in around us. Uh, it's important we understand it. It's important we engage with it. So we'll be able to effectively, uh, by the truth of God's word, help those who struggle with it. And that, of course, might be ourselves. So we're going to look at four topics. Uh, today, love. Uh, next week, marriage and singleness. And the week after that, justice. And finally, well, we've called it Better Homes. Um, Better Homes and Gardens, nicking a few clips from that uh, TV show. But really, we're talking about materialism. So, this morning, love. Now, let's, um, let's watch this little clip to get us in the mood, shall we? Each morning I get out my dial Can't barely stand on my feet Take a look, take a look In the mirror and cry Lord, what you do to me Spend all my years and believe in you But I just can't get no relief Lord, somebody, somebody, ooh, somebody, somebody Can anybody find me? Hey, just makes you want to go back and watch it all over again, doesn't it? (laughs) 
maybe. Although you can't, I don't know. I, was, I, was, I, don't, I get carried away with that song. I love that song. A bit of Queen. But you've got to turn up to 11 to listen to Queen. Anyway, well, there, there it is. Um, so our first little task this morning is to... Uh, as you, and I've got an outline there if you're following that in the, in the bulletin you received as you walked in. Our first task is to see how love is... I, I use the word defined, but defined, I, I, I was told by a wise person, um, that... Defined is a bit black and white. How is love defined by The Bachelor? Let's soften it a bit. Let's say how love is portrayed by The Bachelor, that show. Because I think as we, think, as we look at this, this uh, particular show, I think it's representative of how many people understand love to be. So, now, for the blissfully uninformed, I'll talk about The Bachelors for a minute. The Bachelor or The Bachelorette is a popular US a TV show. It uh, started in the US, of course, and it's, it's gone to move to Australia. It's a reality TV show. It's got various spin-offs that debuted in the US in 2002, in Australia 2013. Been around for a little while. This is the, how Wikipedia uh, summarises the plot. Yes, there's a plot. How about that? <laughs> All right, this is the plot. The series revolves around a single bachelor who starts with a pool of romantic interests from whom he is expected to select a wife. During the course of the season, the bachelor eliminates candidates culminating in a marriage proposal to his final selection. The participants travel to romantic and exotic locations for their adventures, and the conflicts in the series, both internal and external, stem from the elimination-style format of the show. There you go. If you haven't seen it, now you completely understand it. As um, Sophie Monk's season promo we watched a moment ago made clear, the aim is to find love. It's to find somebody to love. Now, if you're unlucky enough to find yourself watching this program regularly, um, the, the phrase that's... Oh, I'm a bit, bit rough, aren't I? The phrase uh, you'll hear contestants repeat over and over again is, I came here looking for love. That's the phrase. Now, what is it that this... What is this love that they're that's being sought after? How does the bachelor define love? How does the bachelor portray love? That's the question we're asking. And, and, but why, why do we care anyway, really? It's just a silly sort of TV show. It's a bit of entertainment. Why do we care? Why, I, my guess is, this is why we care, for many in our world today, and that's friends and family and so forth, that's how people understand what love is. This is love they would say as they point to the TV screen. But if you're a follower of Jesus, I think we want to say there's so much more to love than what we see on The Bachelor or The Bachelorette. We see in our Bibles, with our great God, our loving God, we see a, a love that is real, that is lasting, that is deeper, and it's a love that works. I think The Bachelor gets ripped off when it comes to love. It's only half, if that. There's so much more. But first, let me make a few comments about the type of love that's portrayed by The Bachelor, or at least the type of love that's often longed for in life and on this show. Uh, again, it's not an exercise in Bachelor bashing. It's not the idea of this. It's just making... I guess I'm making some generalisations, really. And no doubt there, of course, are exceptions to what I'm going to say, but here's my two cents worth. I'd say the first thing about this love that's portrayed on The Bachelor is that it's, it's attractional. It's based heavily on physical attraction. 
Getting to know someone personally or in any sense deeply so as to be able to confess your love for that person in the circumstances of a reality TV show, well, I'd say it's next to impossible, wouldn't you think? Even the contestants admit that. Yet to win the show, that's exactly what must be confessed, their love. I'm, I feel I'm falling in love with you is the, the carefully scripted line that's trotted out by the contestants to The Bachelor or The Bachelorette. And the feelings being confessed, it seems, are based on, of course, the experience, uh, the pressure of it all, the emotion of it all, and, of course, the attractiveness of the contestants and the bachelor or the bachelorette. And so you'd have to question how someone who claims that they're looking for true love can say, yes, the best way to find true love is to go on a national reality TV game show and where the prize is a marriage proposal. (laughs) That's the first thing. The second thing I've sort of noticed, I guess, is that love is like a prize. That is, it's something you fight for and and, uh, something that you win at the end. It's described as something you search for until you find it. Uh, Contestants, we're told, are on a journey to find love. The truth is, this journey is severely warped. Uh, It's fake. It's not real life, is it? And again, even the contestants admit it. You see, once more, uh, for the blissfully uninformed, this is how the show works. So each week, The Bachelor or The Bachelorette takes contestants on on wonderful dates to exotic places. They're, They're beautiful locations, just fantastic. And I have to admit, as I watch these dates, you'd think, well, well, you know, as you're swept up in the emotion of it all, who wouldn't fall in love in those circumstances? It's just fantastic. I reckon most people could enjoy another person's company while sailing on a yacht, watching the sunset and eating a gourmet meal. <laughs> Unless, of course, you're already married and so forth, and you wouldn't find that, that that's nothing to do with it. Um, You see, I think these type of experiences can easily heighten our opinion of the person with whom we share it with. Now, I reckon they should do a show called Everyday Bachelor. (laughs) That's a better test for love. So you set up the contestants in the mundane, everyday circumstances of life uh, and then see if they confess their love. So you plan a kid's birthday party for 20 on a tight budget. It has to be at home. Do that. Or you, 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 know, and you paint three bedrooms with no air conditioning on a hot summer's day. See how they confess their love there. I like this one too. Well, this is, I was trying to think of the worst possible scenarios. <laughs> Spend three days and three nights with three kids under three all the while doing your day job. There you go. There's, there's a test for love, isn't it? You want to know how you love someone? You want to know how you, how you love someone? Do the mundane together. Do the boring, the mundane, the everyday together. Find fulfilment in that when it comes to love. That's reality. Uh, the mundane, because of, that's, of course, what life is like most of the time, just getting through it. Well, the third thing I've sort of noticed as well, and I guess I've really touched on it, is love is defined or portrayed by romance. Uh, I want to make two comments related to love being expressed simply as romance. One of the show's underlying messages, I think carefully about this, is that to be happy and fulfilled, you must find the one. The other message is that marriage is better. That's the other message. 
marriage is better than singleness. Now, both are common views today, and I think both are myths. Now, in a few weeks, I'm going to be speaking about uh, the topic of singleness as a whole sermon after we finish, uh, we wrap up this series and before we start our series on Ruth. So you can start reading Ruth if you want to by now. Um, So we'll talk more about the myth of finding the one and the myth of marriage is better then. But if you're a Christian, neither of those are biblical when it comes to thinking about marriage. Uh, 1 Corinthians 7 clearly tells us that singleness is a gift just like marriage is a gift. And like marriage, singleness points to something greater. It points to our eternal relationship with God. Again, more on that soon. And the concept of finding the one just doesn't make any sense. I'd love to ask, how do you know? How do you know whether you've found the one? And it can, of course, be a bit dangerous, can't it? You could, have, you could say, well, it's marriage struggles sometimes and you have some difficulties and it's tough. You might think, well, maybe I've, I haven't got the one. I've got to keep searching for the one. How do you know? I'll tell you how you know. This is, this is big, exciting news for you. All right? Write this down if you need to. This is how you know you've found the one. You know you found the one when you stand opposite them on your wedding day and you make promises and you sign those forms. That's how you know you found the one. (laughs) Okay, we'll get back to all that sort of stuff in a few weeks' time. Now, uh, let's talk about... Well, I guess next week we talk about marriage. So in in some ways these two things go together. Um, Who was it? Frank Sinatra saying, love and marriage, love and marriage, go together like a horse and carriage. This I tell you, brother, you can't have one without the other. So you've got to be here next week. Um, but let's talk about love as defined by the creator, and we'll get to marriage another t- uh, next week. Love as expressed in God's word in the Bible. Well, love in the Bible is, a, is fundamental to reality. The Bible tells us that love is not part of some evolutionary development. Love was there before the creation of the universe and it's fundamental to reality. So we've already read in 1 John 4 verses 7 and 8 that love comes from God. We'll have a look at it in a minute as well. God is love. Jesus prayed to the Father in uh, John 17. He said, praying for Christian people, followers of, of, of his disciples. Father, I want those you have given me to be with me here where I am and to see my glory the glory you have given me because you loved me before the creation of the world. Ephesians 1 tells us that God chose Christian people, his, uh, Jesus' followers, he chose us for adoption as his children before the creation of the world. Love has been there before the creation of the world. John 3.16 tells us that he loves so he gave. He gave his only son to the world. This is the reality of God's love. Love comes from God. God loves. Love matters because God loves. Now, if we go back a bit to Genesis chapter 1, verses 27 and 28, we find that humans, uh, that we are created to be like God, be made in his image, something which makes human beings extraordinary and very unique. For one, it means that we're created to love like God because God loves. We're also made to love God. 
So Deuteronomy uh, chapter 6, verse 5, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. And we're made to love one another. Leviticus 19, 18, love your neighbour as yourself. Love is commanded. It's a different idea than falling in love, isn't it? Which, is, as we've seen, is often how the world sees love simply as. So all this means that we are not just capable of love, that is, we're made for it and we're like God in that sense, image of God, we're commanded to love. So Matthew 22, verses 37 to 40, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it, love your neighbour as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. You see, love is fundamental to who we are. It's fundamental to our reality as Christian people. But what does this love look like? What is this love, as we've talked about in the Bible, what does it look like in practice? Well, let's not do what our society tends to do and water down love to an emotion only. Biblical love is not something you fall into or something you catch. It's a decision. That's what it is. It's a decision you make. It's a responsibility as we follow the command and example of Jesus. Now, if you've got a Bible there, let's just take a moment. If you don't, that's okay. We'll, we'll listen carefully. But let's take a moment to have a look at this passage again. Uh, let's go to 1 John chapter 4. I'm going to read it through once more. I want you to think about how God describes love as compared to what we've already talked about, uh, how the world around us thinks about love and how love is often portrayed. Notice the, the, the sacrifice of love. Notice the service of love. Notice the humility of love. So 1 John 4, uh, verse 7. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Do you see the sacrifice of love? He sent his son while we were... Well, what did it say? Let's go back to it again. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us. There's the service of love. The humility of love. Now let's pick up on that humility of love and go to Philippians chapter 2. Philippians 2, and we'll go from verse 5. We'll read just a few verses. We've already seen from 1 John the example of love and how Jesus has come to die for us as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Made us right with God. But here in Philippians 2, verse 5, your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. So love's also an attitude, isn't it? It's a decision, it's an attitude. Now what's that attitude? Well, well it's, it's a humble one. It's putting the other person first. Who being in, Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing. There's love. Taking the very nature of a servant and being made in human, human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself, became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Do you see the sacrifice of love? Do you see the humility of love? Do you see the love that is service? It's other person-centred. Now, there's another great passage to turn to. This time I've got it up on the screen. I've got it there, actually. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. It's often one trotted out at weddings. 
and, uh, and why not? It's a great passage of love. I won't read it through at all, but 1 Corinthians 13 tells us that love is not envy. So love is not jealous of another person's good. We're just getting a picture of what biblical love is here. Love does not boast. So in other words, love isn't focused on what people think of me. Uh, Love isn't proud. It's not preoccupied with my own importance. It isn't rude. It doesn't offend by improper words or actions. Love isn't self-seeking. So love turns my concerns away from myself and my welfare. That's what love does. It's not easily angered. So love doesn't keep record of wrongs. To love is to lose interest in my rights. Love doesn't say, what about my rights? It's patient, it's kind, it's concerned for the other, it's truthful, it's faithful. Here's, this, here's a definition that I, came, uh, that, that I came across a number of years ago now that I try to remember, uh, and actually I've, I've mentioned it before here. Love is the desire which leads to action for the good of another, even at cost to yourself. I reckon that's not a bad definition of what love is, considering what the other things that we've just been reading. Love is the desire which leads to action for the good of another, even at cost to yourself. So you see there, not only is it it's a decision, it's a decision to do something. I, I don't quite like really quoting, you know, rock stars, but there's a, a song, I can't remember the name of the song, by a guy called John Mayer. Um, acoustic guitar player is pretty cool, I like him. But he says love is a verb, and he's right. It's a, it's a doing word. John Mayer, there you go, look it up. Love is something you do. It's an action. And from Philippians 2, it's an action that springs from having the same attitude as that of Christ Jesus. Or from 1 John 4, not that we love God, but that he loved us. You see, it's an action for the good of another, even at cost to yourself. Do you see the difference between what's portrayed sometimes on our TV screens and what the Bible says love is? Now, we also know there are different kinds of loving relationships, don't we? So... Another loving relationship is for our neighbour. It it could be someone you hardly know. We're called to love our neighbour. For a friend, we're called to love our friends. Not too hard, is it? Uh, We're called to love our enemy, Jesus says. Another different type of loving relationship. A parent-to-child love is different again, but still love. How a parent loves their children, for example. So the song's a bit misguided, isn't it? from the uh, Sophie Monk promo we watched at the start, the Queen song, Somebody Love, Somebody to Love. It's been a little bit, little bit, little bit cheeky, but it's, it's not hard to find somebody love. There are lots of people we can love. We can love everyone, but in different ways, depending on the relationship. Well, let's jump back to romantic love then. Let's go back to that for a moment. And again, a little bit more about that next week and a bit more about it. That's nice, isn't it? Um, a bit more about that in a few weeks' time. What we need to see is that we can only understand that type of love, romantic love, when we understand the relationship that it's meant for. So I'm speaking to Christian people now. See, in the Bible, that relationship that romantic love is meant for is marriage. Marriage, as we'll see more next week, is an extraordinary God-given gift. It's exclusiveness like no other relationship. That's that one flesh idea we read in Genesis. 
It's not the same as a friendship marriage. Marriage is not the same as a parent-child love or boyfriend and girlfriend. In marriage, we're bound in intimacy to our husband or wife. The old-fashioned term is we're cleaved. Yet at the same time, the love in marriage is the same love that all of us are commanded to show. Remember our definition? Love is the desire which leads to action for the good of another, even at cost to yourself. That's got to be the, the bedrock of a good marriage, don't you think? So we need to be a bit careful then when we think about love and marriage, I guess, or just love, and not confuse it with emotion. Emotion is often very selfish. I love you it really can be interpreted as I want you. And emotions don't last. Their feelings, they go up and down. The idea of falling in and out of love doesn't really fit with what we've read in the Bible about love. Emotions are unreliable. In the Bible, love isn't. In the Bible, uh, love is something that you can depend on. You should be able to depend on. Loving like Jesus is better. Loving like Jesus works. Now, emotion's important, but we mustn't isolate it from the desire which leads to action for the good of another, even at cost to yourself. Of course, this desire can be caught up in emotion, but sometimes, and perhaps especially in marriage, the emotion is not there, but the love must be. Romantic love is a wonderful thing, but it's secondary and dependent on a greater source. If our divine romance is neglected, our earthly friendships, families and marriage can suffer the effect. Let me finish here by just reading a little C.S. Lewis quote, which I thought was pretty good. He, he writes, When I have learnt to love God better than my earthly dearest, I shall love my earthly dearest better than I do now. Insofar as I learn to love my earthly dearest at the expense of God and instead of God, I shall be moving towards the state in which I shall not love my earthly dearest at all. When first things are put first, second things are not suppressed but increased. It's good, isn't it? So what do you see is the difference between love as portrayed in our TV screens in our culture around us and that love that God shows and commands us to do. I hope you see a difference. How about I pray and uh, we'll have a moment, to, a few moments to ask any questions or make any comments. Let's do that. Father, we thank you that you demonstrated your love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Lord, we thank you for the sacrifice and service that Jesus demonstrated to us on the cross, making our relationship with you right, making us like Jesus, perfect in your eyes as we trust in you. Lord, we pray in response to that, that we would, uh, we would follow the example of your love, that it would be a love that's selfless, a love that serves, a love that's humble. And Lord, we pray that we don't get sucked up sucked into just a, a very, very small view of what love is that we sometimes see in our TV screens. But we know, Lord, the love you have shown to us and the love we ought to show to each other 
is far greater and just works so much better. So, Lord, we, uh, we, we thank you for that. We thank you for this morning. We pray that we'd put your words today into practice in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.